Welcome to Ask a Broker, Episode 8. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. This is the show where Dustin Woodhouse and I answer your mortgage brokering questions. Whether you have a question on how to build or grow your mortgage business, this is the show for you. Here's how it works. Go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash ask, record a question, and if we answer it on the show, we'll send you a swanky new I Love Mortgage Brokering t-shirt courtesy of Lendesk. Today on the show, Sherry Debert asks, how do you create and maintain a database? This is the kind of question that I could normally completely geek out over. Dustin and I share some strategies that we use to stay in touch with our database, and Dustin shares his extremely complex database system that he has. I think you're going to love it. Before we get started, I want to thank today's sponsor. Ask a Broker is sponsored by Lendesk. Lendesk is a mortgage technology company based out of Vancouver that has built an origination platform specifically for Canadian brokers. Lendesk removes the headache of assembling an application with your client. Think of it as the ultimate CRM and deal management tool. They're pre-launch, but I'm helping them refine the platform and I can tell you it looks awesome. If you'd like to get early access to Lendesk with me, sign up at lendesk.com to stay in the loop. As for the cost, let's just say it's going to be an easy decision. This is going to be a game changer. Hey Dustin, how's it going today? Great, Scott. How are you? Great. So before we get started on this question from Sherry, I just want to ask, what was your favorite subject in school? I can't pick one from uh, grade school, but when I got to college, which I admittedly only attended for about a year and a half, that was the extent of my post-secondary education. But when I got there, I enrolled in a course called um, Personal Selling. And at the beginning of that course, he had us all stand up and turn to the person next to us, shake their hand, look them in the eye, and introduce ourselves. And we all turned, looked at the ground, gave these limp handshakes, and mumbled our names to each other. It was horrible. And his final exam, for part of his final exam, was three and a half months later, we all walked out into the main concourse, and he watched us, watched our body language, timed us, everything else, and we had to go up and engage five different strangers for a minimum of 60 seconds. And that course, combined with my waitering job at the time, because those two things kind of dovetailed, uh, changed me from that mumbling, stumbling, eyes on the ground, didn't want to talk to strangers, into the person you don't want to sit next to on an airplane. Because you like to talk. <laughs> I'm going to talk the whole flight. A nine-hour flight, great. We're going to cover so much ground. Right. That's awesome. Well, when I was in college, I joke, I studied alcoholism. When people go, what, you can actually take that? I'm like, well, you can if you go to the bar four days a week. <laughs> but my favorite subject for sure when I was in class was marketing, hands down. Number one, I absolutely loved it. And um, I think it's, I'm still wired that way today. But uh, yeah, that's a pretty funny story about the... That's a great idea, though, with the teacher actually or the professor watching you guys you know go talk did you get anybody's phone number were you meeting girls or guys or what were you doing with that i i, I had no game still have no game which luckily i don't need it now but uh i managed to carry the conversation that's good okay awesome so we're going to dive into sherry's question she asks about creating and maintaining a database let's jump into the question and then we'll tackle it good morning scott and dustin hope your weekend's off to a great start I would say my biggest struggle is creating and maintaining a database to regularly contact my clients. I'm fantastic with the clients and have formed many friendships, but my downfall is not keeping in touch with past clients. I know I lose a lot of opportunities to grow my business. Any recommendations would be so appreciated. Thanks very much. Okay, so what are your thoughts on Sherry's question? Um, well, let's break it into two parts. So there's there's creating and maintaining a database, which sounds like a struggle number one. And then from there, you've actually got to reach out to those people somehow, some way on a consistent basis. You know, I, I know that some of the best advice I ever got goes way back to, I think it was my second week in the business, an event that I attended. And as I recall, it was Sean Cush who said at the time, 
whether you're one day in, one year in, or 10 years in, start a database today. And when he said is a database is as simple as an Excel spreadsheet where you're listing the names, mortgage amount, interest rate, term, renewal date, lender. And you can come up with 50 different columns all on your own to list. And, and that advice has been gold. And to this day, I mean, $100 million worth of mortgage volume a year for the last couple of years, I'm operating that out of an Excel spreadsheet. You know, you'd think I would have some amazing CRM system that is just like the Ferrari of CRM systems. I don't. I just have this Excel spreadsheet that, that don't email me and ask if you can have a copy of it because I won't send it out because there's no user manual. And it is basically the inside of my brain put onto an Excel spreadsheet. It would take me 10 hours to explain some of the different formulas and totals and everything else I'm using. But it's morphed into a very robust spreadsheet that tracks and keeps totals, monthly totals, annual totals, grand totals from the beginning of the career on all kinds of different things. You know, number of files, mortgage volume, commission, all these different things. Do you, okay. Do you know the number of files right now? Like 1,343 as of today. How, you know how many mortgage brokers I could phone and ask them that question and they wouldn't know? Like most... <laughs> Well, I look at it as is really useful information for me to be able to say to a client. I mean, literally last night, I have a client who, okay, the appraisal's coming in a day late, but I've spoken to the appraiser. It's going to be fine. We're not worried. You know, you're, you're safe to proceed with this transaction. And I said to her, you know, I honestly, I said, hang on, click, click, click. I have done this as of today, 1,343 times before. And she says, Really? And, you know, being able to sort of lay that out for her and say, like, I know that your appraisal will be fine. You know, it, it, it's a near near brand new building. We're not going to worry about remaining economic life. You know, the value, there's lots of comparables. You didn't get into a bidding war. You didn't pay 80000 over ask. You're fine. I, like, I've done this 1,343 times before. He says, that's a really precise number. I said, yeah, I track these things in a detailed way. She says, just the fact that you do that makes me feel better. <laughs> so hopefully she had a good night's sleep last night, and hopefully that appraisal signed off. And then you have 1,344. <laughs> correct. Uh, correct. But, uh, you know, as I say, create that spreadsheet. And even if all you're tracking is their name, the lender, the referral source, I mean, that's something. At least you're tracking something. And, and you're going to continue to flesh that out. And, uh, and so I go back through my Excel sheet. I'll go back five years and I'll tease through and look for who has pending renewals. But of course, that is as clunky and painful as it sounds. So <laughs> I have engaged, you know, our own corporate CRM program uh, that we have for a few of its features. And one of them is it sends me a daily notification of birth dates. So every morning at 9 a.m., boom, my inbox has 1 to 20 emails reminding me of certain clients' birth dates. And, uh, and I blast a quick email out to 99% of them. I pick up the phone and, and make a call and wish them a happy birthday periodically as well. But that's one quick, simple little touch. And that was just flipping one little switch on a very basic CRM program that just extrapolated the data out of Phylogix. So it took no time to set up. In fact, you can get somebody to set these things up for you. 
Um, I actually use Western Canadian broker services. Um, Liz does a great job of tweaking those things for me. And um, the other switch we flipped is mortgage renewals. So again, it's just extrapolating from Phylogics and I'm getting an email at 9 a.m. every morning for every mortgage maturity six months out. So I can reach out to those clients in that way as well. So there's a couple little, very simple things to, to implement. Like I say, you can extract that data from Phylogics into a CRM program. Auto is another great one. There's lots. I mean, I don't need to list them all off. Find the one that works for you. None of them are the super duper best for you, you know, for, for, for everyone. You just need to find one that works for you and implement it. I mean, this, the great struggle with CRM programs is if they truly were game-changing, we wouldn't need to be sold on them. We'd all just automatically have one. But they aren't that game-changing if you don't use them. And learning to use them is learning a new skill. And a lot of us don't want to learn that new skill. So like I say, if you're not going to embrace a CRM program and, and actually invest some time in learning it, at the very least, create an Excel sheet and just track the basic information. Right, you know, 110 interviews done so far, and I asked that DeLorean question, what's the you know three things you would tell yourself? And probably 70% of the time, successful brokers tell me I would have started my you know database sooner, I would have started keeping track sooner. And the simple thing, like you just said, just start with an Excel spreadsheet and you can build out from there. And Callum Ross said to me one time, he said, the best CRM is the one you actually use. It's kind of like the best gym, the best piece of exercise equipment. They will work, but only if you use it. And so if it you're, you're wired that an Excel sheet works, great. If you want to use something else, there's a ton of tools out there, but you need to implement something. And uh, I totally agree with you. Yeah, just do something. I mean, even if it's just wishing your clients a happy birthday on their birthday, past clients, you've got that data. It's easy access. Mm-hmm. You know, cre- create a little trigger that lets you know and, and start there. Mortgage mortgage anniversaries, that's another great one, right? So a couple of things that we do um, that, that I find useful. One, we created something called the VIP Club. So instead of a newsletter, I send out on a monthly basis. Since 2011, we've done this every, pretty much every month. Uh, and instead of just sending out mortgage news, we put a little bit of something in there. But we make, like we do these contests, we invest some money into our database and I can tell you that, that that return on that is significantly higher than any other type of marketing that I've tried. And so keeps people engaged, interested. Except the way I think of it is if someone were to, you know, you go buy a car from a car dealer and every month the car dealer keeps sending you the prices of the new cars, you'd be like, you're an idiot. I don't need that right now. But if you can keep me, you know, keep my attention so that when somebody comes up in the office that somebody mentions they need a mortgage and they're like, oh, my mortgage broker is great because I, I hear from him and I know who he is. So that's the one way that I have found that is really easy to stay in touch and not like annoy my clients. And, and I've generated like a lot of my business is client referral. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm at a point where a hundred percent is, is basically referral. I, I, I'm, I'm literally at a point where when a client Googles me, I, I say thanks, but no thanks because all my, all my business comes from my database and, and it is a, a nice place to get to. And I'm in my ninth year. So it, it took some time to get to that point. And, and that's maybe the other point I would make is, is anything that you're going to do, whether it's, you know, from starting your creating your database from day one and starting to build it, it's really not rewarding work in the early days, uh, starting a blog and sending that out to your six clients that you have email addresses for. Uh, and your mom and your sister and your friend. And so you have 11 people that you're sending this first blog post out to. 
um, it's really not rewarding. The thing is, you're not going to do a very good job of it at first. You're not going to write the very best blog post for your first blog post. Um, even picking up the phone and wishing someone a happy birthday may not go perfectly. You may have input the date of birth incorrectly. You know, all kinds of little things can, you can have these little hiccups. But as you keep doing it, a couple different things happen. One, you get better at it. Two, you start to have that many more bodies added to the database. So you're reaching a little bit bigger audience, but you're getting better as you're reaching that bigger audience. And the third and the most important thing is you're forming the habit of the actual doing of the thing you're doing, whether it's the, you know, setting up not a half hour every morning to make phone calls and physically phone and wish your clients a happy birthday, whether it's setting aside a half hour each day to phone clients who have a mortgage anniversary that month. Um, you know, of course, when you're newer in the business, you don't have clients that have mortgage anniversaries. Although one of the coolest marketing things I saw was a fellow whose email signature said, you know, lots of people, lots of kids collected baseball cards. We collect mortgage renewal dates or mortgage anniversary dates. Please email us back with your mortgage anniversary date. Mm -hmm. And they're not clients now, but he's calling them on their mortgage anniversary and on their mortgage renewal. And that's how they become clients. Mm hmm. That's clever. Yeah. The last thing I'd say on this for me anyway is uh, I totally agree. Make anniversary calls. I've had a lot of success making them. And then in, more recently, I've been busy. So then I'm like, okay, I know I need to make these calls. I actually just tasked my assistant with calling everybody, all of the, and gave her a script and it was fantastic. So she's still, it doesn't have to be you necessarily. If you're, you know, running a team or you're busy, I can have her phone them and just, hey, Scott asked me to call, see how things are going, any questions. And then anything that would pop up, she would just book, schedule a call for me to phone my client to discuss. So I'm thinking about selling or whatever, and I don't actually have to do the initial screening, but my client doesn't, doesn't my no different than if your doctor's office, if you know, your doctor doesn't phone you from your doctor's office. Sometimes it's the person who works there and says, Hey, you know, the doctor asked me to give you a call and you don't feel like if you, if it's done right, it does you don't feel slighted by it. Yeah. I'd be a little concerned if my dentist was phoning me to schedule me in. Yeah. You'd say, dude, are you not busy? Like what's the, why are you phoning me? So, um, I think it raises my profile to my clients and also it's a, it means it gets done all the time because it's somebody's job to just sit there and do it versus I get, you know, sidetracked into a file or something that I'm dealing with. So it's another good strategy. Yep. You know, and the other thing, uh, there are a couple bonuses there too. Um, you know, when you've got a third party phoning, it's, it's a little easier for them to just phone every single name on the list. Whereas when you're phoning yourself, and this was the last thing I was going to leave uh, the listeners with, you're going to see that odd name on that list that you don't want to phone them. You don't want to phone them because you feel like maybe you didn't do as good a job as you could. Maybe things ended a little rough. Uh, maybe there were challenges in the file. Maybe they talked your ear off for 45 minutes every time you call them. Make those calls anyway. The, the more difficult the call is to make, the more rewarding it can be. And uh, I, I cannot remember where I heard this story. It was, I believe it was an audio book I was listening to recently. But, you know, the, the woman who was running the business got this scathing email from this client. You know, I'm going to sue you. You've ruined my life. A horrible email on a Friday <laughs> afternoon before a long weekend ruins this person's weekend, right? They're just, they're thinking, oh my gosh, I need to close this business down. I, I, I've, 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 this is awful. I've failed miserably. Um, they write this huge email up, you know, fine tune it and they, they give away the farm and they're going to credit this back and do this in the future and, and on and on and on and on. And, um, and then they follow up with the hard phone call 
And when they get the person on the phone, they say, oh, you know what? I had the worst day on Friday. I'm so sorry. It really wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, I totally, I know. Sometimes people just go off and it's not you. It's something else that triggers it. And then we can take it as, you know, a personal thing. But yeah, that's really good. Okay, awesome. Well, hopefully, Sherry, that's helpful. And Dustin, once again, thanks for your time, bud. And anyone else listening, if you want to ask a question, go to askabroker.ca, leave a question, and we would be happy to answer it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. 